Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. This budget thing is going to do nothing. Space Force, I still think it's interesting. President Trump not playing his cards yet. Headlines, policy, and politics colliding. Bloomberg Sound On. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. I would rather see a congressional solution. It's part of my DNA. The Senate map in 2020 looks a lot different than it looked in 2018. You really have a divide within Team Trump. The president has to do exactly what people sent him here to do, which is to get it done. This is Bloomberg Sound On. With Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Impeachment hearing eve, folks. We've got the complete, complete preview for what you need to be watching. Plus, President Trump warns Wall Street that his defeat would endanger market gains. He was at the Economic Club of New York, and I will bring you the latest, the complete latest on what President Trump had to say Market reaction and the policy dive. Meanwhile, President Trump also prepping for a meeting here in Washington. Not just impeachment on his mind. President Erdogan of Turkey. What will go on with that? And DACA, Supreme Court DACA. We've got it all covered. So much to get through today on a cold, windy, windy day here in the nation's capital. My guests with me for the hour, Roger Fisk, Democratic strategist, longtime President Obama aide and principal of New Day Strategy. His reaction to Pete Buttigieg surging in Iowa. Matt Gorman, vice president at Targeted Victory, former NRCC communications director. And Ben Chang returns, former White House National Security Council, director of communications. Before we get to a jam-packed day of news. Uh, President Trump speaking at the Economic Club of New York, which is a really big deal. I think sometimes here in the Beltway we forget about the society of New York City. And he has a history, as I was telling my, my good friend and mentor here, Tom Keene, earlier. He has a history with the Economic Club of New York, having spoke there even when he was toying with the idea of running for president. And this is a very elite status-oriented organization, which is very measured. And I got to be candid, they were all worried. They were worried that he was going to arrive and go off prompter and deliver a rambunctious rhetorical approach. Turns out everybody was worried over nothing. He, he stuck to the prompter and he warned Wall Street that his defeat would endanger market gains. Reading now from my colleagues reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, President Donald Trump delivered a stump speech aimed at Wall Street, touting his economic record to an audience of executives and economists while warning that a Democratic victory in 2020 would endanger stock market gains. And then he spoke about the U.S.-China trade deal. 
But I was struck. He, he, he delivered. You know, Trump feeds off the crowds, right? So if he was in, you know, Mississippi with 30,000 screaming folks, he's going to go off prompter. But when it's a bunch of, you know, kind of Wall Street types, Economic Club of New York, I guess it's not really that surprised that he really didn't feel the need to go off script. But look, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, Trump would be giving these speeches all the time, right? Economy's doing pretty well. Instead of, you know, kind of going and, and going on the stump and doing all these different things, you'd, he'd keep focused on the economic message. It'd be in a lot better um shape right now especially in the polls so let's take a listen to what president trump had to say at the economic club uh, earlier today here he is and i won't use this word cheated i will not say the word cheated but nobody's cheated better than china but i will not say that so in terms of that i mean that's a very measured approach and then he had this to say about usmca and democrats roger so the next question to you when will usmca get done here's the president on usmca democrats in washington would rather pursue outrageous hoaxes and delusional witch hunts which are going absolutely nowhere. Don't worry about it. First off, thanks for having me. Um, it's very interesting. If you just look at his actions in a strategic context, he really can't go more than 48 hours without taking a gratuitous swipe at some Democratic leader in the Capitol, be that an Elijah Cummings, the recently departed Elijah Cummings, the Speaker, the Senate Majority Leader, etc. So I would hate to be working in White House legislative affairs right now because they're probably going up and they're doing these meetings and they're talking about what it means for the districts and everything else. And then you just have this kind of ordinance that's flying in and, and hitting people that ruin those conversations. So I, I don't know that to what extent he can separate himself. And it sounds like he exercised a little bit of self-restraint today, which I think we could roughly count on one hand the time that he's done that. Um, <laughs> The, the, the capacity to, to exercise that self-restraint and, and check some of his personality impulses and pursue something resembling a sustained strategy. You know, these are his people, right? These are the people, as you said, he, got, he was there before he ran for president. These are the people he's wanted to impress, he's tried to impress. That's the important you know, He wants to impress. He wants to impress I think there's I'm a not comfort sure they level accept too. him. But, like, but even before, right? When he, when, he, when he, well before he ran for president, he was just a kind of, a, 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 you know, a... a guy on, the, on NBC or before that, these are the people he wanted to be in with. These were right, his crowd. Right. Right. I mean, you know, it's interesting, Roger. I'm going to politely disagree on one thing that you said, uh, which was regards to, to, to he held back a little. He wasn't so rough against Democrats. He was more rough against Fed Chair Jay Powell. Take a listen to what he said against Fed Chair Jay Powell in terms of the Fed policy. Here he is. I'm not president of the world. I'm president of our country. But we are competing against these other countries nonetheless. And the Federal Reserve doesn't let us play at that game. It puts us at a competitive disadvantage to other countries. I was so struck by that. It's something that truthfully, just in, in covering these issues for eight years now here in Washington, D.C., just to see how aggressively the, the, the president going after the central bank and how he feels that in this time where there's so much economic global volatility and how other countries are able to quickly utilize their central bank and deploy their central bank. He has at every turn, whether it's on Twitter, whether it's at the Economic Club of New York, whether it's uh, commenting to reporters uh, on Pebble Beach at the White House, really taking it to the central bank. And that just wasn't the only part. Take a listen to what else he had to say with regards to the Fed and his view holding back the U.S., and if we had a Federal Reserve that worked with us, you could have added another 25% to each one of those numbers. I guarantee you that. Amazing. It really is amazing. And and I was looking at 
you know, when you look at some of the market reaction, there wasn't too much, uh, too much reaction. They, it wasn't devastating. That's what I'll say. Uh, but overall, since he's taken office, Roger, the S&P 500 is up 36 percent. 36%. I mean, that's not that's no small number. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average has gained 40%. So for those independent voters who are looking at their 401ks, those are strong numbers. Yeah, I mean, I, the, it, it relates to the first question that you threw my way in that, and we've talked about this a little bit before, his numbers tend to go up when he's not in the news. So if he can just keep his <laughs> mouth shut for 72 hours or 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 at least put a lid on the fire hose of vitriol and conspiracy that he spreads all over the country every day. He benefits. But again, um, first off, uh, he expects obedience, right? That's part of his impulse. So when he looks at some at some sovereign standalone um, pillar of our government, like the Federal Reserve, it's it's not part of his calculus that that people don't immediately just bend to his will. Um, and then the second part, which also links to kind of his personality quirks, is he's incapable of ever accepting any kind of blame or responsibility. So, of course, it's perfectly natural for him to turn to one side and say, we have the best economy in the history of the world, and I'm being hindered by all these forces that aren't cooperating. You know, it, it is, so it's the victim and the champion complex that he is able to portray himself as in literally every situation. I thought it was interesting, Matt Gorman, Republican strategist, when he said uh, in this speech that the, the Democratic policy proposals and candidates have, quote unquote, gone loco. <laughs> I'm struck by this because I think Democrats have to be careful that they're not running in 2020 at the presidential level or on the down ballot level, hoping that the economy weakens. And that's a tough, tough line to walk and you certainly can't be cheerleading that right you can't like, you no cannot one. and it's a hard sell to make anyway right i worked for mitt romney in 2012 and his in his mm. you know in large part his strategy was based on telling people you know how bad the economy was and it wasn't doing well but you know that's a hard sell to make a lot of times especially not even with you know when wall street as you were saying is doing pretty well but i mean the median income it's raised about five thousand dollars of the trump presidency you know per, per household so look there's been there's been gains across the board on this and not only can you not be seen as cheerleading against the economy but um you need to also find a way to certainly maybe bait trump um, into talking about other things. And as Roger was saying, that's not always the uh, hardest thing to do. All right, coming up, we're going to talk much more policy and politi politics with our panel. Say that three times fast. Roger Fisk, Matt Gorman, and Ben Chang. Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. I didn't fake my cover of Time Magazine. Have you seen this? It's been going around on Twitter. This NBC News story. There's a deputy assistant secretary at the State Department, no joke, who faked her Time Magazine cover. Can't make it up, folks. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio All-Star Panel here. Ben Chang, spokesman now for the University of Princeton. He is the former White House National Security Council Director of Communications. Last time you were on here, you were telling me about um, a family uh, of a Princeton alum who was a journalist who was, I believe, imprisoned 
in Iran. Graduate student. Graduate student in prison. Over in three Iran. years imprisoned in Iran. Tell any update? Is there anything? Uh, tell it. Well, tell us the name of the of the student and, and what the update is and and how how his son is doing. Thank you for asking. Jiwei yeah. uh, Wang, a graduate student at Princeton University, American citizen, has been imprisoned for over three years in Erbil prison, and um, and we are. Uh, still advocating and arguing and striving for his release. His family, his uh, small son, his young son and wife are still in Princeton. Uh, they are um, struggling without their father, without their husband, and we're doing all we can, working with the administration, working with the international community uh, to secure his release. And he's a young kid. This, this, the son is, is, is young, and, and his dad's a hero, and, and we're all thinking about it, and more has to be done. And where can people go if they want to find out more information about this student? Uh, they can go to princeton.edu, uh, and we, will have, we always will have stories about uh, Jiwei Wang, uh, his research, and uh, the, the need to free him. Thank cool. you for asking. Of course, of course. All right, so tomorrow there's the impeachment, impeachment hearings. Are you ready, folks? It's going to be everywhere. If you want to tune it out, you can't. It's everywhere. And here with us to go through it, in addition to the Ben Chang, Roger Fisk, Democratic <laughs> strategist, Matt Gorman, VP at Target of Victory. He's a Republican, a conservative. What are you going to be looking for, Matt, tomorrow when these public hearings begin underway on Capitol Hill and the House Intelligence Committee? I can't even make it. More, I feel like I need that was, that was like the guy who does the movie trailers. Thank that you was so much. Jam, that was I always wanted to, what would you call the movie? Never ending Groundhog. Well, because you kind of look like the guy from Groundhog Day, Roger. That too, Bill Murray. Okay, anyway, this is ahead. a radio show. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say that title on TV now. That what, what I would call it. <laughs> radio. Um, but no, look, two things. Number one, I'm looking at the narrative uh, that the Dems are trying to push, right? When they when they release those transcripts day by day, I mean, they look, they could have done it all in 15 minutes. They did two at a time, and they were clustered not according to chronological order or anything like that. It was according to narrative, right? So what is the narrative in the first, first day they're going to build? Number two is how do the Republicans go about rebutting this, right? Like with, with Jim Jordan, the committee now, they swapped out uh, someone else for him. He's more of a firebrand, bomb thrower. What's their tactic? And, and I was reading today earlier, Lee Zeldin, who I know pretty well, worked in the middle of the NRCC, was playing Adam Schiff when they were prepping today. And, and, and like, you know, I'm, I'm curious how each side interprets kind of what the chess moves are for the other side and how they prep. And as we go through the course of the day, what that is like. Roger, what's on your impeachment to-do list? Just or to watch list. <clears throat> for the record. Um, just to make sure that I don't always bash the current occupant of the White House, I will say that he is an excellent judge of the power of good television. And I think one of his concerns in navigating the Mueller investigation and one of his successes was that the Mueller investigation never became good television. So the question now is, is there going to be, is it going to be Vinman in his military outfit? Is there going to be someone that makes good television that rings his bell because I think he knows when this becomes good television, it becomes easily digestible and 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 widely watched. That's not going to go well for him. But I don't think it's going to be. I mean, it's going to be everywhere and all encompassing. But widely just, consumed, right, should I that's, say? Yeah, because I think to your point, and that's it's an excellent point, is that you you brought up the Mueller investigation. I mean, the intensity that surrounded the release of the Mueller report and. What was going to come of the Mueller report? It's night and day, right? Versus the hearing that it, that and the show that we're going to see tomorrow. And I and I'll say this: the Fed chair that hearing tomorrow is going to do more for market reaction and that testimony than than the impeachment 
than the impeachment. Wall Street yeah. hasn't even blinked. And I've said it every day. I feel like a broken record. They have not blinked on the impeachment news. There was some movement for Mueller, but it was very, very small. But in terms of what we're seeing with this, it's 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 an echo. Yeah. Not even an echo. And, and tactically, uh, I'll say that it's the reverse of what the administration had to do with the Mueller report. There they had to take a complicated narrative and simplify it. And mm. here they have to take a simple narrative and complicate it. So what you are going to see from them, and you can see it from their wish list of uh, witnesses and things like that, is they desperately want to cloud this. And they want to make it much less... Um, e or much less digestible in terms of just the aid, the interactions between Pence and Trump and the and the Ukrainian officials, et cetera, the patterns of the communications and texts. It's a relatively straightforward story to tell, whether or not you believe it. Right. But the narrative is easy. I still don't understand why they didn't have, and then we're going to get another transcript by the end of the week between Trump and Zelensky, but I still don't understand why Speaker Pelosi just didn't have an impeachment vote right when that transcript the the abridged transcript whatever you want to call it came out because i don't think any votes i think if you if there was a way to see who would have voted for impeachment after that transcript was released and and when ultimately they do vote on transcript i don't think there's going to be any difference and who would have changed their mind after we go through all of this possibly in public opinion though which I think you've seen move ben and and, and i want to bring ben into this uh because ben you worked with bill taylor yeah, who is yeah. testifying tomorrow. That's right. Thanks, Kevin. So tell us about Bill. And <laughs> sure. Well, like, and I was uh, looking for. before I went to the University of Princeton, uh, yeah. Princeton University, I was a career foreign service officer. So I had a chance to cross paths uh, many times with Ambassador Taylor, uh, in particular when he was at the U.S. Institute of Peace. We have to remember that he was a career ambassador to Ukraine under President Bush. He's a West Point graduate. He's got an extensive, he's got a lifelong career of public service, as does George Kent. Um, these are two relatable people and to the point about what kind of stories will come out of what this. What do you mean by relatable people? In the sense that they um, they have been, let me put it this way, they have rolled up their sleeves and have had these public uh, service careers. Um, they didn't come from Wall Street or a big Fortune 100 company and then moonlighted as a diplomat. They've done this for a long, long time. Um, they're used to telling their story um, about what they do day to day. And the reason I use the relatable is actually this, that to, to your point about taking something simple making it complicated. Um, people can relate to the idea of phone calls and text messages and, and the way that this was transacted. So I will say to see George and Bill um, in front of the cameras and microphones might make that splash in terms of public opinion because they'll be talking about things that people um, actually transact with and can understand what influence is trying to be uh, uh, brought to bear uh, on um, a foreign partner through can phone calls. Can I ask calls a follow-up to you, Ben, because what my Republican sources – there, there, I don't know, there was, I hate using the word narrative. And one of my, I used to work at Politico my first time in Washington. And, and one of my editors there said, Just quit using the word narrative. It's so, and I, and I couldn't agree more. And I always still say it. But one of their response, their, their pushback, I don't know, uh, is that it is not unusual for the occupant of the White House to put out there that you can't, that it's a withhold aid because of corruption. And the mistake that President Trump made 
was by insinuating Biden and, and saying Biden. But but if you look back in the past administrations, they have said we're not going to give you this money if unless you clean up corruption. And that's I think the the, the narrative, for lack of a better word, that Republicans are going to spend tomorrow. Well, I don't know that the transcripts we've seen so far, uh, the the testimony records, and what uh, Kent and Taylor will say tomorrow will bear that out. Uh, there was a direct reference to doing investigations on American citizens uh, as the exchange here. I also don't like to speak in Latin a lot. I mean, I took it when I was in junior high and forgot it since then. So there's a direct exchange. There was pressure <laughs> applied here, right? That's what we're talking about. And that's different from what, you, as you said, and I've, I've seen since I served in the Clinton administration uh, through Bush to Obama, that there are criteria for uh, aid packages and so on. Right. Um, there are standards that we keep. Now, this aid had been approved. That's the other thing we need to remember here. And so what exactly was being uh, held up here um, when the aid was going to be used to address a lot of the fundamental issues that the Did the you one work with Yovanovitch? Because she's Friday. I did not. You but, didn't. But, but many friends, colleagues and former colleagues that think the highest of her uh, and her service. And again, I would say these are all diplomats and public servants who have a lengthy career that is... Uh, served through different administrations and different parties. Well, it's going to be a circus, that's for sure. Coming up, DACA, the latest on the Supreme Court. Ben's here, Roger's here, Matt's here. Download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app. You can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. I'm Kevin Cirilli. I will be up on Capitol Hill tomorrow all throughout the day, keeping an eye on Fed Chair Powell and, of course, the impeachment hearings. Tune in to Bloomberg Television. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, The Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. All right, welcome back. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for BTV and Bloomberg Radio. Roger Fisk is here, Democratic strategist. Matt Gorman's here, complaining that I didn't give him enough airtime in the last segment. I would segment. never do that. That was I Roger. That, that was on, on Roger. his behalf. <laughs> and Ben Chang's here, complaining that I said the University of Princeton and not Princeton University, of which you are a spokesman. Well, they're you. two different schools. Are they two different schools? <laughs> they are not. I went is to that Penn State. Penn State with a down. I went Stranger to Penn things. State, not Penn, the University of Penn, the other one. I went to Penn State. Um, I went to I, University of Harvard. Did you really? You go no, to it doesn't exist. Did you go to Harvard? No. Okay. Uh, where'd you go? Suffolk University. Okay. Uh, Suffolk's great polls. Stonehill College, right? Right. All just south of there, Boston. Yeah, yeah. Easton. Yeah. Uh, with an eye on the clock, Ben Chang, DACA today. Supreme yes. Court justices seem inclined 
to let Trump cancel DACA. Reading from my colleagues on the Bloomberg Terminal, U.S. Supreme Court justices seemed inclined to let President Trump cancel an Obama-era program that shields almost 700,000 young undocumented immigrants from deportation in a case with broad political and humanitarian ramifications. I would agree with that last part. There are broad ramifications to this basket of cases that the Supreme Court took up this morning, among them the case that Princeton University, Microsoft, and Maria Perella Sanchez, a dreamer, an alumna of Princeton, brought, uh, arguing that the rescission, the termination of DACA, was unlawful by the administration. I'd also add that it's early days. This hearing was uh, the first uh, public set of arguments. Uh, we expect a decision next year, say June. Uh, there will be a lot of work done uh, in the chambers, obviously, until uh, between now and then. Um, either way, I would say that from our vantage point, Princeton, Microsoft, and Maria, uh, we need to find a permanent path to citizenship. We need to find a legislative solution for dreamers, and that needs to come from Congress. It's just so crazy to me, Matt, that Again, it's been like how many years have we been talking about this issue? I mean, and, and, and Republicans have tried to tried to, to carve out some type of, of approach where they could work with Democrats. But given the polarization of the moment, I don't see it ending. I think one of the big missed opportunities for both parties in Trump presidency was the border wall for DACA enshrinement. Um, obviously, they couldn't get together on the funding. They couldn't get together what like, kind of what the, it meant for, you know, what the exact uh, things were for DACA. But I think for both sides, that is a huge missed opportunity. Um, and look, I mean, again, it's I always am very leery to read into how justices acted during the arguments, because if we had, then Obamacare would be kaput because um, everybody was talking about that and how terrible of a job Don really this solicitor general did back in the day. Um, however, if this were to go away, um, this adds a cudgel to Democrats, and it, I don't know, might help uh, Republicans. We'll see. Kaput and cudgel, two great words you use there, I just want to say. Coming up, what's on the panel's radar? Uh, what's on everybody's ra <laughs> radar? Roger Fisk giving me the evil eye. Matt Gorman, Ben Chang, download the Bloomberg Sound On podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com, or by downloading the Bloomberg Business app, you can also find us on Radio.com, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Who's going to Don Jr.'s book party tonight at the Trump Hotel? I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Did you download Disney Plus? Disney Plus arrived today. Uh, all the Disney shows. I texted my, my oldest sister. Not my old sister. My oldest sister. My eldest sister, Mara. Uh, and for my godson because uh, Petey is a big fan of a host of those different different Disney shows. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent of Bloomberg Television and Radio, the godfather of the Cirilli household back in Delco. Uh, Roger Fisk is here, Democratic strategist, Matt Gorman. Matt Gorman, will you download Disney Plus? I tried this morning. They don't have it on Apple TV I yet. I knew you would have tried. I this tried it already. This is why you and I. I, I know. Like, yeah. uh, and so I, I, I tried. I was ready to pay. Disney, what are you doing to me? I'm, I'm a willing customer, and you won't have it ready for Boy me. Boy Meets World was trending nationally. <sighs> Star Wars, got the Simpsons on there. Wow, I didn't know that. Oh, and all lot. of the Mar Marvel, right? Is Muppet all... Christmas Carol's coming up. It's, almost, it's Christmas Seasonal. time. It's Seasonal. Christmas time, if you ask ben me. Ben Chang's here. He's the former White House National Security I Council I still get DVDs from Netflix, so. You do? I'm, no, but I'm... 
I know somebody who I'm does. Luddite. Can I tell you something? I believed him when he said that because you believe what the National Security Council <laughs> tells right. you, folks, and that's where he was, of course, the former comms director. Now he's a spokesman at Princeton. And Sean Spicer, just to acknowledge it in passing, was booted off of Dancing with the Stars. And back home, my mother is a devout li- of watcher, viewer of uh, Dancing with the Stars. Roger, you were telling me in the break that you were voting every week for Sean Spicer. Yeah, it was a little project I did. I um, tried to mobilize thousands of people through social media <laughs> um, because I just wanted I his... give him credit. I honestly, I give him credit because I would not have the guts to go on Dancing with the Stars. I have, I, I just, I give, I give him credit. So, and Sean, I hope he comes on and talks about it when he when he gets when he comes up for air from from all of that. All in on Hannah Brown now. I know you're a reality guy. I know you don't watch The Bachelor, but Hannah Brown now that Spicer's out. I am her. a huge reality television. I know you don't watch person. The Bachelor. I don't. That's like the one show that all my. Uh, that's the one. Uh, Saving himself. Yeah, I, really. yeah, no, but I'm a huge. And, so pure. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 no. I watch. I watch like Jersey Shore this week. They came to Washington D.C. to try to get. Uh, 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 Mike, the situation out of jail. I know all of it. Okay, anyway, back to what's on your radar. Enough of the, the water cooler talk. Roger, this new poll, just to lead into this, Pete Buttigieg, South Bend Mayor Pete Buttigieg, now in first place according to a new Iowa caucus poll, uh, beating Warren, beating Sanders, beating Joe Biden. Uh, really looks like in the early caucus state, Buttigieg is, has really come on strong. Yeah, and this is pretty much a good time to do it. Ideally, you'd wait like another maybe four or five weeks to the extent that there's like an exact science of control over these things. Their challenge is, you know, going to be maintaining this. And basically, you know, when you, in, in, the, in Iowa, you look at your ones through fives. The ones are the people you already have. The fives are the ones you're never going to get. Question is, is in your, lo- in your closing 10 weeks, do you focus on your twos or your threes? Do you focus on the folks right in the middle that are, possibly open to supporting but don't have a a relationship with the campaign or do you try to take the soft support and make it strong that's that's the the decision they have to make right now um i think the lead is going to change once or twice more but for being uh for coming where he is from uh numerically speaking this is great news, and it's a great it's a great point in the cycle to be hitting this kind of a benchmark. A Monmouth University poll uh, posted earlier today shows that Buttigieg is the first choice of 22% of likely Democratic caucus goers. I'm reading from Politico's report of the poll, uh, outrunning all other rivals in Iowa for the party's nomination for Trump. All right, it's it's a good poll. It's, if you're if you're following Buttigieg, uh, this is a key moment now that he has surpassed uh, and is leading now in Iowa. What's on your radar, Roger? Two things very quickly. I looked at um, monthly sales uh, recently for Home Depot and Walmart, and the trajectories are very, very similar, but the Home Depot trajectory is roughly about a month ahead of the Walmart trajectory. So mm-hmm. the same same peaks, the same valleys, the same overall trends, but just about a month off. And I thought that was very, very interesting, and I'm assuming there's very, very smart people out there that are trying to figure out what that means because I don't know what it means but I know that it's interesting the second is that I heard recently that there's a electoral correlation between the number of international flights out of the big airports in any given city and to the extent that they're um, supporters of Trump so if you look at the reddest states they basically have zero international flights and as you creep up with number of international flights it almost exactly replicates 
uh, the temperature, the the hotter coldness. Globalists versus nationalists. Or at least uh, you could go in a whole bunch yeah, of different directions. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I like comfortability that. with change. Good luck topping that, Matt Gorman. What's on your radar? Uh, really quick, uh, just a quick story. Um, mid mid December, twenty eleven. Roger talks about peaking a little too early. Rick Santorum ended up barely winning the Iowa oh, caucuses. Wow. We got a call from our uh, comms director being like, we got to start a book on Rick Santorum. We have to do it right now. Because I was an opposition researcher for that part of the primary. And, and so I totally understand what your point. For I think Romney. It's, yeah, for Romney. Um, first thing I'm – the thing I'm – That's on, your – that's no, no, yeah, re- really yeah. quick though. Um, I'm a Matt bit of a, Gorman, the author of the opposition research book against Rick Zandor. Sorry, Rick. Um, <laughs> I'm a bit of a weather nerd, and so there's Same. a really cool thing about. I wanted to be a weatherman before oh, I wanted to be a newsman. Got to check the charts when you want to. Got to check the charts. Yeah. Here's um, what's happening in your neck of the woods. The, the Weather Channel is introducing this program using AI that will really take a lot of the really high tech forecasts the Western world uses, Japan as well as the U.S. Um, and bring it to developing countries. So with now climate change, severe weather acting up, obviously, it's really important that developing countries get notified just as soon as we do. And so with this new program, it's going to make it universally available. Very Again, interesting. that's so interesting because we've talked in, in recent weeks about how artificial intelligence is finally being applicable in ways that people can understand, whether it's weather, whether it's combating terrorism. Maybe there's a way to, to utilize it for combating um, mass shootings. Uh, so it, uh, yeah, that that's a really that's an, a very interesting one. Ben Chang, what's on your radar? I would love to pick up on either the environment or AI because we're doing a lot of research in both at Princeton. But I have two other things that scream red, white, and blue. One is uh, given that yesterday was Veterans Day. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, in higher education across higher ed, we're looking at more and different and innovative ways to make sure that veterans. Uh, realize they have an opportunity to study and earn a college degree, including at places like Princeton. Mm-hmm. General Milley, a chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, is a Princeton alum, uh, and he sent us a message on the occasion of 100 years of ROTC at Princeton about the uh, 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 intertwining of higher education and service uh, to this country and to uh, the idea of America. The second red, white, and blue thing is Christian Pulisic. My eye is on him and his uh, rejuvenation as our American soccer ambassador in England. He's doing yes. great. Wait, why? Doing, well, so the last uh, few games for Chelsea, the football, the soccer club in England, uh, he has gone from a bench warmer to a starter, and he has been key to the resurgence of that club into the upper tiers of European soccer. Oh, that's awesome. I was devastated that DC United didn't go further in the playoffs. So was I. Yeah, I, 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 but they played awful in that one game. There were, I forget, I'm blanking on the, but they, there was like four red cards or something, and they, they lost. But anyway, I guess well, your that, Philadelphia Union did. No, okay. I actually am going to openly. Well, yeah, I like the Union, but I, but I will root for DC United because I, I like what they do for the community. They do a lot of great work here in the city. Uh, and what's on my radar? Mina Chang. Did you guys see this on NBC News? They have this story. A senior Trump administration official embellished her resume with misleading claims with her professional background, even creating. A fake Time magazine cover with her face on it. And she was asked about it in an interview and and spoke about it. This raises questions about her qualifications to hold a a top position at the State Department. Probably how she got the job. The deputy assistant secretary in the State Department's Bureau of Conflict and Stability. 
operations. I mean, that story is wild. That is Vetting wild is important. Vetting, Vetting is, is important. important. I want to thank, hey, we vetted all of you. I want to thank Matt Gorman, Roger Fisk, and Ben Chang. Download the Bloomberg Sound On Podcast on Apple iTunes at Bloomberg.com or the Bloomberg Business app. Full coverage tomorrow, the impeachment hearings of Fed Chair Powell, and of course, Erdogan and Trump. Kevin Cirilli, Bloomberg 99.1. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business. From liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.